Welcome to the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast, sponsored by WebSpy. It's May the 3rd, 2010, and this is episode 241. Following on from episode 237, this week we look at some images from the landscape leg of the 2010 Hokkaido workshop. Before that, I'd just like to say a big thank you to our sponsors, WebSpy, the Internet Monitoring, Analysis and Reporting Specialists. And as usual, I'd like to ask you to tweet the message thanks to at WebSpy for sponsoring the at Martin Bailey Photography Podcast on Twitter to show your support. To find out more about WebSpy and their products, go to webspy.com mbp and use the discount code mbpwsy for a 10% discount on anything that you buy. Before we look at these images, do note that we won't be visiting these locations in the 2011 workshops. I've changed the itinerary based on the participants' feedback. Basically, it takes a long time to get over to the middle of the island, and with the bad weather that we had this year, it took even longer. And some of the 2010 participants didn't feel that it was worth the time to get over to central Hokkaido for these scenes. I have added some new locations for the 2011 tour that offer similar opportunities, but we will generally be spending more time in each of the locations that we looked at in episode 237. And I'm also working more structured lectures and training into the 2011 schedule too. I'm very pleased to be able to announce that I've teamed up with the kind folks at X-Rite, the makers of the Colour Monkey and the Colour Checker Passport, and we'll be integrating hands-on sessions on colour calibration in the digital workflow as well. Anyway, let's look at some photos from the second leg of the 2010 tour. Having made our way from the Shiritoko Peninsula to central Hokkaido, the Daisetsuzan mountain range, we would spend the night of the 7th of February at a hotel close to the cable car station from where we'd take the cable car uh, that would take us from, up, well, basically up close to the top of the Mount, uh, Mount Asahi the following day. And that was going to be possible basically based on the weather. The plan for the first afternoon was to shoot around the cable car station and I'd walked up the ski slope with one of the participants as we picked, he picked, sort of picked my brains on thoughts about subject and composition. I honed in on a pair of trees that we can see in image number 2497. These trees attracted my attention because one was almost black and the other almost white. When you see something like this in nature, it's often a good idea to try to capitalise on the situation in some way. I started to use, I started, I started out with a wider lens, uh, but switched to the 70 to 200 f2.8 lens and walked back a fair distance so that I could use the stacking effect of the two lens, of the new, you know, the longer lens to make the two trees appear to be almost on top of each other, although they were already very close. And this perspective would also enable me to line up the top of the trees almost to the top of the trees in the distance and a wide aperture of f 3.2 and a, the long focal length would also enable me to throw the background out of focus even from a distance. 
to create some separation between the main subject and the background. I also ensured that the two small trees in the midground to the right were not overlapping the right side of the white tree. I really wanted a little bit of separation there or they those trees in the midground would have acted as a conduit between the foreground trees and the background trees. The following day we got to the station to board the first cable car up the mountain and I was happy to see just the occasional although very small patch of blue through the clouds that were moving pretty fast across the generally overcast sky. It was snowing, but I figured it would be worth going to the top in the hope that we'd catch one of these small patches of blue. I'm not always one for having blue skies in my shots. In fact, I usually avoid blue skies altogether. But when you're talking about the, the top of the tallest peak in Hokkaido at 2,291 metres or 7,516 feet, the you know being cloudy means almost zero visibility and danger too if you wander too far from the cable cable car station we really needed it to clear to give us a chance of photographing anything worth photographing we'd been walking around outside the station trying to get to a vantage point that would be worth shooting from if it cleared and then we wandered up to the start of the ski slope uh, to a, about as far as we could go without skis or snowshoes. As we got there, the clouds started to thin and we started to be able to see the ghostly white outline of the peak of Mount Asahi in the distance. We set up our tripods and shot what we could with a histogram that was basically like a small spike to the right side, indicating that we were shooting a very slightly you know, different shades of almost pure white. I assured the group that we'd be able to salvage something from the shots with tone curves and levels etc and we continued to shoot for a while and then as if someone started to slowly open the curtains the sky cleared from the left as we can see in image 2501. It was a beautiful sight. You can see in this image that it was still snowing. We all had a frantic few minutes of photography making the most of the amazing clear spell. Australian skiers stopped beside us looking in wonder at the top of Mount Asahi. One told us that they'd been skiing here for five days now and this was the first time they'd seen the summit. We were most certainly being granted a rare look at the face of our mountain host. It didn't last long. I felt sorry for an elderly Japanese gentleman that walked up and dropped his tripod down beside us as the cl cloud cover thickened again, hiding the summit once more. Luckily though, as we made our way back down on the cable car, it did clear again, and I'm sure he got himself a few beautiful shots as well. They don't heat the cable car too much, so there's no concern really about condensation on the way down. Because of this, I usually keep a camera out of my bag with a 70-200mm f2.8 lens attached, as there are often opportunities to shoot from the cable car window, such as my shot of a skier through the trees in image 2502. The skier here helps to give us some scale in the scene, and I like this image more because it tells us how beautiful this location is to ski in, as well as a location for the occasional group of crazy yet very lucky photographers. On the way down the mountain, we stopped 
at a spot that we'd visited in 2009 as well to shoot the pillows of snow in one of the rivers that flows down from the mountains, as we can see in image 2504. This is the landscape or horizontal orientation version of two images that I uploaded. I like both of them and selected this one to look at today as it enables us to see more detail in the water and texture of the snow. Um, this was shot with a 70 to 200 millimeter at 200 millimeters with ISO 100 and an aperture of f11. I selected f11 for the depth of field but also to get a slow shutter speed. But I also needed a to use an NDX400 which is a 9-stop neutral density filter to reach a shutter speed of 2.5 seconds to render the water that smoothly. We were standing on a bridge too, so you have to make sure that you don't make your exposures while cars or trucks are driving over the bridge, as this will often cause vibration that will ruin your shot. Even though I wanted nice soft dreamy water, the details in the snow have to be sharp or it doesn't work. In image 2505, we see the view from the other side of the bridge, which is much more picturesque than the side from which I shot the last image. The water was too far away to be able to appreciate the effects of a slow shutter speed image, so I removed the NDX400 for this shot and exposed it for 1 320th of a second instead, still at f11. I shot this with the 24-70 f2.8 lens, so the detail is amazing, and it works very well in a large print with the texture of the snow and the shadows from a, a you know from the small trees there. I converted these images to black and white with a slight blue tone in Silver Effects Pro, by the way. Later in the day, we arrived in the BA area and made our way to the Takushinkan, which is a gallery of the Japanese photographer Shinzo Maeda, who made this area of Japan famous and popular with photographers. Unfortunately, you know, I already knew that the gallery was going to be closed for the winter months from this year, but there are some beautiful trees in the grounds of the gallery so we hoped, you know, we visited in the hope that we would be able to still get in, and we were able to. One of my favourite shots from here is number 2506. Here we can see three trees with the low afternoon sun behind them. This was shot at around 3.30pm, so there was around an hour of or so of light left, but we were shooting up at the trees and you know there's the hill behind it so the sun was almost touching the horizon from our perspective. I've actually just uh, added a new paper to my fine art print options which is Hani Muley's Fine Art Barita. This is a beautiful gloss fine, pa fine art paper and this particular photograph looks absolutely beautiful printed on it. Ten minutes later and just to the right of these first three trees, there's a line of four smaller trees, which we can see in image 2507. I like this image because of the beautiful soft tones and texture in the snow as it forms the line along which the trees are growing and a second line behind them. There's also a fox trail on the hill just behind the trees uh, to the, the left of the image 
which adds an extra additional subject of interest when viewed large. We drove to a place where we'd been able to shoot a beautiful sunset, but nature was not cooperating and the sunset didn't happen, so we went back to the hotel and called it a day. On the following day, we headed back to an area close to the previous day, just down from the Takushinkan to where my favourite tree in BA is. We'll look at that in a moment, but first I shot image 2508, which, it, which Ross M on Flickr called a photo haiku, which I thought was so cool. I'm sure you know, but Japanese haiku are very simple poems with five, seven, and then five more syllables. They also should have what the Japanese call kigo, which is a word associated with a season. This image, of course, is very simple, like a haiku poem, and with a totally white, wintry look, it's a strong kigo as well. There are also seven distinct stems protruding from the snow, as in the middle phrase of a haiku poem. I'm not sure if Ross was fully aware of these things when he made the comment, but I thought it was an amazing observation all the same. Thanks for that, Ross, if you're listening. Finally, here's my tree. I shot some images very similar to one of my favourites from last year, with this tree almost totally whited out in a snowstorm. But I didn't upload any of these as they were pretty much the same as last year. Image 2509 though came out pretty well and you know as the sun as it broke through the heavy cloud forming some nice contrast when converted to black and white. And again using uh, Silver FX Pro. When I initially posted this image to the web, I, I, it was almost a straight conversion with just a few control points to add a little more contrast and structure to the sky. When I printed the image though, I found that the snow in the foreground was very dark grey because I'd exposed for the bright areas of the sky and it really didn't look right to have dark grey snow. So I reworked it in Silver Effects Pro and added a couple more um, control points to brighten the snow quite a bit to a, a lighter grey which in my mind looks much much more natural it's still grey not white but when you consider that the snow was in the shade I'm kind of happy with the results now again it, this makes a beautiful large print later this day we traveled to the Tokachi hot springs area where I'd shot an image last year that I called Heaven on Earth. Unfortunately, the weather worked against us again today, and although we just managed to scramble up there with the aid of our amazing bus driver, the weather only cooperated for a few minutes, as the space on the, uh, on the, the place that you can shoot from is very narrow. There was only room for like four people to get up there. We were going to take turns, but the first group got a few frames off before the clouds rolled in again. We had lunch at the hot springs there and waited for it to clear again, but it didn't happen. In general, although we, you know we had a few lucky breaks, I have to agree that the extra effort to come over to the central part of the island, especially when a number of things didn't go well, reduces the overall wow factor. And so I'm happy with my decision to not return here with next year's tours. 
Having said that, I will certainly come back here myself in the winter as I love the area and I can't imagine never coming back here at all. I might even organise another workshop here at some point, but it will be separate from the main workshop and could even be a little bit earlier as we wouldn't be trying to work to a schedule um, or the schedule of the ice flow, etc. that have a much shorter window of opportunity. Either way, I hope that you've enjoyed taking a look at some of my images from the tour, from what, I, what turned out to be the last of the landscape legs for the time being. Let's listen here now to some of the comments recorded from the participants in the 2010 Hokkaido Photography Tour and Workshop to finish. So I'll start off with a few words. As we say goodbye to our brothers in arms, Michael and David, so we're at the end of the first leg, the wildlife leg of the Hokkaido tour, and we've had a relatively good six days. We started off over at Kushiro and Akan with the cranes, had some uh, great shots of the eagles, the white-tailed eagles, and a couple of stellar sea eagles that flew in while we were over there. And then uh, we went over, shot some uh, hooper swans on the afternoon of the second day. And actually, it was, it was the end of the third day. Um, we had two full days, yeah, end of the third day. And then we had a, an amazing phenomenon. We had a, an ice pillar, a uh, sun pillar, sorry, that uh, showed itself while we were on the Bihoro Pass. And that was pretty cool. It, it has to be around, well, I don't know the, what it starts from, but it, it was about minus 30 when we were at the top of the Bihoro Pass and it was, it was pretty cold, but it was amazing. We got a really nice sun pillar and um, I got a video that I'll share with you as well at some point. I've been learning some, some little video tricks from Forrest Brown, one of our uh, video, video, what is it, video-esque. Our uh, video experts here showed us how to uh, do some panning with a, a rubber band. Um, I actually didn't do that while I was, did this, but I did a bit of panning and tried to mix it up a little bit, learning a little bit more video skills on my own workshop. So <laughs> thanks, Forrest, for that. And then we, we headed over to Daosu and we had a, a slightly, somewhat disappointing um, eagle shoot this year. It wasn't as good as last year, better than the year before because we didn't even go out on the boat the year before. But um, the, there was no ice flow in the channel on um, the the fifth morning. So although we spent three and a half hours on the boat, we didn't get any real good uh, eagle shots. And then we, we went on, um, drove around the other side of the Shilutoko Peninsula on the end of the uh, fifth day. And this morning, well, the, on, the, on that afternoon, we went up to the Shilutoko Nature Reserve and shot some deer. Um, wasn't, there wasn't much there, but then when we, we got up this morning, went back into the Nature Reserve and had a, a relatively good time. Um, a number of us got some woodpecker shots. Michael got, got in really close with his big 500 millimeter big guns and uh, a lot closer than I was able to with my 300. Um, but uh, that, he got some great shots there. I think we've all, we're all walking away with some relatively good shots from the, from the six days. We're currently heading over to the Memambetsu airport and we're gonna say goodbye to Michael and David. And it just so happens that both of these guys are sitting in front of me and they're the first in line when I pass this recorder around. So let's, uh, let's get a few comments from those people on the bus that, uh, that, wanna, that wanna comment. Hi, I'm Michael from Belgium. I'm sad to leave the tour early. 
Um, it's been a wonderful experience. Um, I learned a lot how to shoot in manual mode all the time. I learned to rely on it, something I didn't do before. And um, I also learned to shoot in um, no sunny conditions, which is something I didn't used to like before this trip. So it's been a wonderful experience once again. Thanks, Martin. Hi, this is David. I live in Tokyo, soon to be Seattle. And uh, I learned quite a bit on this trip. Every day was pretty overwhelming for me. I don't have a lot of experience as a wildlife photographer, so I was uh, watching some of the more experienced people on the group and uh, quite jealous of some of their results, which made me try harder. And it was every day was about as much as I could handle as far as uh, the choice and selection of wildlife and the variety and just sheer population of them. Overall, it was a great trip, and I also am very sad to leave early. It's going to be uh, it's going to be hard to say goodbye in an hour or two here. So uh, uh, I hope to come back again, and I'll definitely join both legs in the future. It, it's it's just worth it to stay the whole ten days or two weeks. Hi, this is Forrest. Um, I'm from LA. Um, I'm actually the only person who had uh, been on one of the previous tours. I was here last year for the wildlife portion of it and uh, enjoyed it so much that I decided to come again. Actually, that was kind of a last-second addition. Uh, kind of lucked out uh, when someone else canceled and uh, I was able to take their spot. Uh, good for me, too bad for them. So far, it's been a, a great trip, uh, having lots of fun, lots of opportunities to shoot some wildlife. Uh, I'm not a huge wildlife shooter normally, so it's uh, always kind of a new challenge. Um, last year I only did the wildlife portion, but this year I'm going to do the whole uh, 10 days. Uh, so I'm looking forward to uh, um, what's coming on up in the, in the landscape portion. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Ludmila from France. So I have a great, great fun with uh, this workshop uh, and uh, I will continue with landscape like I wish a very good trip back to Michael and uh, to David. I was glad to meet them on this workshop and I hope we will see uh, each other one day again. Debbie Titus San Angelo, Texas. The last leg of this trip has been just as wonderful as the first leg. I was very, very impressed with the landscape and the ESO, as well as the sea eagles and the ice, and would definitely do this trip again. Hello to everybody. This is Fabian from Germany speaking. Well, the first part of the Hokkaido workshop is over. We have had a couple of great days, real, real winter. One of the highlights was, of course, the Bihoto Pass was minus 30 degrees Celsius, strong wind blowing, great landscape, beautiful sunrise, and the sun pillar. Then, uh, Jiritoko Peninsula and uh, the boat trip to the 
to the to see the seagulls. Um, a little bit disappointing because there were not so many. There was not as many ice flow as we expected, but still, it was very nice to see have the seagulls uh, sitting on ice against a beautiful sunrise and with the Kunashir Island in the background. Great, great views. Okay, and uh, well, I hope uh, the landscape black of the tour is as great as the wildlife part. My expectations in any case, in any case are big. See you. Hi, this is Diane, and I'd just like to thank my hunter hubby for finding the best deer. Uh, it was an enjoyable time. Uh, we're going to miss Michael and Dave. Hate to see them go. Hi, this is Steve from California again. We just finished the second part of our, our trip in Japan, and uh, it's been uh, wonderful. Um, we saw some absolutely gorgeous sea eagles, and today we finished uh, a wonderful walk and saw these beautiful deer, and um, Martin continues to uh, teach us uh, new techniques on a daily basis and it, uh, again it's been a fabulous trip. As you might have guessed that was a recording from the end of the first part of the workshop and now I'm going to play a, a bunch of comments from the end of the workshop. I'll start off by saying uh, that thanks to everybody for coming um, I'll, I'll probably say this again at the end but um, we're, we're now at the very the last day we're heading over to the train station and then on, over to the airport um, in Hokkaido on the last day of the photography tour and workshop and we um, we've had some great luck some amazing breaks in the weather and things and also we've had some bad luck and um, you know not not quite as good as we'd hoped but still in general I think we've had a relatively productive week so I'm gonna throw the mic around the bus and uh, get some comments and see what everybody see how everybody thought felt about the trip. Who wants to start? Ludmilla, do you want to start? It's very nerve-wracking. Hi, everybody. I'm uh, Mila from France. So I enjoyed a lot this photography tour, and I'm very grateful to Martin for this uh, nice organization, good hotels great food and uh, particularly beautiful spots with, uh, we wouldn't see without his help. I thanks also everybody, uh, every participant in this uh, photography tour for the good uh, atmosphere, the good mood, funny things which happened and uh, their helpfulness. Thank you. Hi, this is Forrest from uh, Los Angeles. Um, um, you know, I had done, done uh, the, the wildlife part of the tour last year, so doing the whole tour this year was a nice change. Got to see the landscape uh, portion of it. Uh, definitely a different pace. Um, we're not uh, trying to shoot the eagles swooping into the cranes to steal their food or anything like that, so it's uh, uh, definitely a little bit different with the landscape. 
but it was also a lot of fun, lots of uh, beautiful uh, places. Uh, hopefully I got lots of good shots. The whole tour was uh, a great experience and had a good time. You know, everyone on the tour was uh, cool and fun to hang out with. Uh, definitely a good time. Hi, this is Fabian from Germany. I am so sad everything is over now. It was great days with Martin and with the rest of the uh, and with the rest of the group and I enjoyed everything very much. The landscape, the winter landscape is so amazing and the animals we saw, the trees, the birds, the deer, it was just great. Bye. Larry from San Angelo, Texas. When you hang out with Martin in uh, Japan in the snow, you can't help but learn a few things about photography in a hugely bright background environment. It was uh, good to pick up those, those additional skills. And Martin speaks fluent Japanese. It's great to have somebody that, that knows the territory and get you to good places to take your pictures. Had a great time. May do it again in the future. Kevin from uh, North Yorkshire in England. Um, this is the final leg of the workshop and um, it's been an interesting time. Um, weather's been a little bit disappointing. Um, I think the highlight of the trip has been the snow monkeys and um, thanks to Martin for uh, making it a great trip. Thanks a lot. This is Steve from California again, finishing up a wonderful photography trip with Martin Bailey. Yes, I would consider doing this again. To, again, he's a magnificent teacher. And the coordination of the trip was wonderful, and, and the, the food, if you like Japanese food, is absolutely spectacular. This is Diane. First, I'd like to thank Martin. Uh, he's such an easygoing fellow, and um, he did a great job. Um, there, there were so many photographic opportunities. I really appreciated that. Going to miss everybody, and I never thought I'd say this, but I'm actually going to miss the Japanese baths. Debbie Titus, San Angelo, Texas. I would encourage anybody interested in photography to take Martin Bailey's photography workshop. It was an excellent exper learning experience when it comes to uh, landscape, wildlife, and anything in between. Anyway, had a very good time. Thank you very much. So, I uh, I think we should also just uh, say a, a big thank you to Takeda-san as well, the bus driver. So, Takeda-san, thank No, thanks very much, everybody. It's been it's been a pleasure to spend the last sort of 10 or or 13, 14 days if you've been here from the, the monkeys. But it's been a pleasure to spend time with you, and hopefully we'll meet again at some point. Thank you very much. Remember that I have published details of the 2011 tours and workshops at mbpworkshops.com, so do stop by and take a look if you're interested. The longer 12-day tour, including a visit to the Snow Monkeys in Nagano before we head up to Hokkaido, is now half full, so please do try to get in touch before too long if you're thinking of joining us. You can also mail me at workshops at martinbaileyphotography.com if you have any questions. Thanks for listening today, and remember, you can also find me on Flickr and Facebook as well as Twitter, 
and of course my blog and the photography forum. All links are on the top page at martinbaileyphotography.com so drop by and check that out. I'll be back next week though with another edition of the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. In the meantime, you just have a great week, whatever you're doing. Bye-bye. This is Dave Warner, and I'm the host of the LensFlare35.com podcast. Each week I bring you interviews with some of the top photographers using digital SLR cameras. They share some of their coolest tips and tricks, techniques and news about what they're up to. So please take a moment to visit the website or subscribe to LensFlare35 on iTunes. The Martin Bailey Photography Podcast is a proud member of the Photocast Network. Find this and other great photography podcasts at photocastnetwork.com.